Welcome to the Cracking On With Purpose podcast, where high achievers reveal the routine and habits that help them get things done. My name is Sean Winfield, entrepreneur, coach and motivator, an ex-fitness professional, qualified coach and NLP practitioner of 20 years, the founder of Co-Startup and Go, who has worked with over 90 startups globally helping them grow. I now work with entrepreneurs to help them create the world they want. The Cracking On With Purpose podcast creates the opportunity to speak with a series of fantastic guests, all who have achieved a great deal and also learned a great deal along the way. They will be sharing some of their learning and habits that have supported them. Today's guest is Drew Kavorkian. Drew is president of Aries Scientific and CEO of Aries Distribution. Aries is a fast-growing US-based company that specializes in providing innovative scientific equipment and instrumentation to the global medical research and patient care markets. Their mission is to help their clients accelerate the pace of medical breakthroughs and enhance the quality of patient care in their communities. Drew, welcome. Great to be speaking to you today. Thanks, Sean. Nice to be here. Well, after that great introduction, it would be good to hear a little bit about your journey and what what took you to where you are today. So, you know, I come from a, a kind of a long line of entrepreneurs, not necessarily very successful ones, but I've had a, had the great privilege of kind of watching my family learn about building businesses and, you know, kind of just be independent, um, you know, building something, building a legacy for their family. Um, and through watching that, I've learned, you know, a lot of lessons that, you know, people probably had to go to school to learn, but I had the fortune to learn some of those things at home. Uh, and a lot of them were just mistakes and, and hard lessons that um, can be avoided. And I've certainly learned my share of the hard way along the way. Um, but, you know, as a youngster, I, I started building my own businesses, just small businesses, uh, you know, buying candy on the, you know, after the holidays at a discount and selling it on the playground and just always had that entrepreneurial spirit in college, you know, had a DJ business and, and was really successful with that. And just learned that, you know, this was this was a path that I wanted to take um, in my life. So as, as time went on, you know, I, I graduated from college and uh, I, I had to decide what I wanted to do. And I, I kind of knew I wanted to run my own business, but I didn't know what it would be. And so I had the fortune to sort of stumble into this medical industry that I'm in now and had some great mentors, uh, which has really been an important part of my journey. And as I grew as a business person and, a, and as an individual, you know, it became clear to me that I, I wanted to set up my own business, even even take on the risk of entrepreneurship um, and, and go on that journey. Even though I was working for a company and earning good money, had a nice, comfortable position, you know, that was the path I wanted to take. And as I went down that path, my mission in life became clear to me, which is to motivate and mentor uh, people and really to find the best in people and and try to bring that out. Um, And that's really what I enjoy. Uh, And being an entrepreneur really gives me that ability to tap into that and earn somebody's respect, give them respect, and then help them bring the best out in themselves. Um, Now, it doesn't always work that way. As you know, there's, there's some people that you know, they don't go along for that journey, even though you see the best in them, they don't necessarily see the best in themselves. But still, you know, that that is my mission. And so every time I get the opportunity to um, bring somebody on as part of my team, or even work with somebody in a partnership, 
that is always my primary goal is to bring the best out in that person. And as a result, the, my business has succeeded because I tend to find, you know, great people that, you know, elevate their, their careers and con- end up contributing to my organization and also, you know, becoming um, very vested in the success of the organization uh, because I think generally they feel that, you know, you're putting into them what they're putting in and, um, and you know, they're getting that back. So um, that, that's really been kind of my primary journey as an entrepreneur is, um, you know, going from being a young entrepreneur to um, working for a company, finding great mentors, to starting my own business and kind of returning the favor. That's fantastic. I love the whole the whole sort of motivate and inspiring other piece. It's as you know, once you've experienced the entrepreneurial journey yourself, how tricky it can be and how many different ingredients because you can have the motivation to do something, but it might not be the right time or you might not have all the ingredients in the right place. So it doesn't quite hit the mark or it's not quite the right thing, but the motivation's there, right? Yeah, I mean that's a that's a real interesting point, John, because you know, there's a lot of entrepreneurs that get a lot of notoriety because they're one great entrepreneurs, but two, they're kind of you know, doing the right thing at the right time. You know, there's always certain fields that are very hot. You know, obviously certain aspects of technology have been hot over the past, you know, 20 years. And, you know, those are the businesses that have the quickest growth trajectory because they have one great leadership, but they also have, you know, a great business model and and are sort of in the right place. You know, there's also a lot of amazing entrepreneurs out there that run very small businesses very successfully um, you know, may not be multi-millionaires or multi-billionaires, but um, they contribute back to their communities in a meaningful way. And so I think there's always that balance of, you know, being successful in terms of making money and making the business profitable and also, you know, giving back and making sure that you're, um, you know, contributing to the community and encouraging growth in the people who work for you. Absolutely. And I suppose what differentiates each of those things that people do is what is their version of success what is success to them is it is is it the the trappings of the lifestyle or is it something different than that and you know going back to some of the smaller companies or the people on a vision and a mission for sustainability or other aspects isn't necessarily driven by the the big sort of numbers game or targets in that aspect it's something different and each individual entrepreneur has their own version of success right whereas when we hear it we tend to go oh success yeah but what is it to each of those people, right? Yeah, and I, I think, you know, everybody to a certain degree is motivated by money, or at least most people are. You know, of course, I like to make money, but, you know, that's not my primary motivation. You know, I believe money is a byproduct of other successful behaviors that are performed day in and day out. So, you know, you can't just, you know, have this dream or vision and then it just all of a sudden comes to fruition and you make a lot of money. You know, you have to wake up every morning, have a plan, set goals, execute on those goals. And then when you wake up the next morning and it's hard to get out of bed, you force yourself to get out of bed and and do it again. And for me, you know, I take a lot of pride in that. And that's what energizes me, being able to kind of overcome obstacles on a daily basis, go back at the end of the day and look back and go, wow, you know, I didn't get a good start to today, but I made lemonade out of lemons and, um, you know, those types of behaviors are what keep motivating me. And then when you see the results of those come back, it really continues to just add fuel to your inspiration. Um, and then again, the money is a byproduct of that. So, you know, I've had some years where I did very well financially and some years where, you know, it, it wasn't very good. But in some of those years where it wasn't very good, I made tremendous progress 
you know, on myself as an individual and in the business. So it's kind of ironic that those two don't always necessarily uh, match up. Um, but, you know, for me, the biggest thing is being able to look myself in the mirror at the end of each day and say, hey, you know, you gave it 100%, even though you may have said the wrong thing here that you wish you could say something different or done the wrong thing here that you wish you could change. You take those lessons and you try to apply them to the next day. And, and that's kind of what really keeps me going because I feel like, you know, everybody has ups and downs in life to various extents, but you always have to bounce back from those kind of put your, your happy face on every day and, you know, give it your, give it your best. Yeah. I, I like that reference is like, just get up and get the hell on with it again. Right. That routine. And I think those play a really big part in, in both managing heavy workloads and building on success and the learning around it. Do you have any particular routines that in your, in your day or in your week or generally that you think really help you build on that? Absolutely. I mean, you know, for me, everything is about efficiency because I have two young kids. I have multiple businesses that I'm running that are growing and I'm responsible to the people who work for me and their families, not only my family. And I'm also uh, a triathlete training for Ironman uh, Triathlon, which is coming up in a couple months, which will be my first one. So for me, routine is absolutely critical to be able to accomplish all of those things successfully. And it took me many years to really find a routine, but the key to my routine is really waking up at the same time every day with the birds, basically. You know, I'm, I'm up at five o'clock every morning. Um, I spend about an hour just kind of decompressing, doing emails, you know, getting in the groove, getting some things out of the way. And then at six o'clock every morning, I'm working out. And that workout is either one hour or on the weekends, three to four hours um, for, for the long training sessions. And, you know, by the time I finish that, I come home, I get the kids ready for school or camp or whatever they're doing, make breakfast for them, get them changed and out the door. And by, you know, 8.30, 9 o'clock, I'm, I'm back at work. Um, you know, that routine for me, that morning routine is the key to, to everything because it's the springboard that starts my day mm. and gets the blood flowing. And, you know, without that, you know, I have a sense of guilt that goes along with not doing that. Um, and uh, and it just I just don't feel energized. Um, yeah. The other strange habit I got into um, recently uh, over the past couple of years is every day when I come home from that workout, I make my bed and I make it in a pristine way <laughs> so that, you know, that's kind of like my way of saying, OK, I'm going to start the day off fresh. Um, and, you know, it's just a, a routine uh, that I've got myself into. So I have these kind of little yeah. habits around how I do things um, that again, it took me many years to develop, but they, they've really pushed me forward in terms of my productivity and my focus and my ability to juggle a lot of tasks, big tasks, um, and still feel like I'm accomplishing them because, you know, I'm not a, I'm not the kind of person that likes to have a lot of half done things. I like to have a few really big, you know, highly focused tasks that, um, you know, I'm, I'm 100% committed to accomplishing. And so, you know, I've just found that my productivity levels have gone up dramatically since I've gotten in that routine and made sure that I prioritize the things that are important to me. And I, I can, I have a whole list of how I prioritize, which is, you know, I can share with you that yeah. uh, I think has been very helpful to me. Wow. That's a pretty impressive routine. And take on the Ironman on top of everything else. 
What drove you to make that decision? You know, I was just looking for a way to challenge myself outside of work. You know, I've always kind of had other things that I've loved to do outside of work. And, you know, work has a tendency to take over everything and become the, the main priority. And I think that's, for highly motivated people, that happens a lot. And I, I like to have some dichotomy there in terms of my interests. You know, I don't want to feel like I'm just fully going down one path, but, but those other things have to enhance what I'm doing at work. Um, so for me, I've always been an athlete. I've always trained really hard. I've always been into fitness. I feel like I'm way more pro productive. I feel way healthier and more positive when I'm working out and you know doing these things. And I just wanted to find a way to push myself to the next level. Uh, in fact, I read a book uh, over COVID that really inspired me, which is Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins, okay. um, where he's talking about just kind of how to overcome your self-imposed mental limitations. Um, and I really related to that because I think everybody has this. He talks, calls it a governor, like in a car that sort of tells you to tune down um, and how to sort of remove that governor. Uh, and I really related to that because when you when you analyze the things that stop you from doing the things that you dream of doing or want to do, you know, it's always that voice in your head that says, I can't do this. Or the voice that from somebody else that you're around saying, you can't do this. And you, you listen to that voice. And I just realized that it's it's fake. It's it's not reality. And you can overcome that by learning how to turn that off. So doing the Ironman was my manifestation of, you know, learning that skill, which obviously is applicable to everything that you do in your life. And, you know, I think most people deal with this, but they they ignore the fact that they're putting these limitations on themselves. Um, and it, it's for me, I think the next evolution of that is kind of helping, you know, the people that I work with to do the same thing. And the best way to inspire somebody is to have them see you do it. Absolutely. I'm sure people will be much more inspired if they've seen you do it rather than, hey, guys, off you go. Crack on with this. So it's got to lead by example. I love that piece around the making the bed. And, and I can't remember how you referred to it as, as it wasn't whether it was silly or a strange one. But actually, it really makes sense because it is about... You know, I, I read this thing around uh, Matthew McConaughey who said about look after your future self. So get yourself ready the day before. You know, I used to get all my clothes ready the night before, work out what I was going to wear, put things in the right space, just think ahead. They say, you know, because if you take away from tomorrow's organizing, you're kind of catching up with yourself. But if you prepare yourself and you get up in the morning, you're like, I'm done, I'm ready, I'm off, I know where everything is. It really makes a difference. I like, I like that make the bed thing. Yeah, I think there's little routine things like that, Sean, that you can get into, which, you know, kind of just prepare you for, for organize you and just make you put you in that comfort zone. Um, by the way, Matthew McConaughey's book is amazing. I don't know if you yes. read the whole book, but yeah, uh, the, the, yeah, yeah, just a prime example of, you know, somebody who has very positive energy and I think draws, you know, um, magnetizes uh, good things to them through that, you know, that, that positive energy, um, you know, and of course I'm sure, you know, I don't know Matthew McConaughey, but I'm sure he's gone through his share of ups and downs. Um, but it's just interesting to see, you know, that kind of perspective. Um, so, you know, that, that's another thing I kind of try to hang my hat on is, you know, be positive and always want the best for the people around you and associate with people that want the best for you. Because there's a lot of underlying, you know, oh, I should have that. I work very hard or, you know, oh, this person shouldn't have that. 
you know, if you genuinely want the best for everybody, you know, you, you will draw that energy to yourself. If you're positive, you will draw that energy to yourself. You know, I've been around a lot of, you know, chronically negative people uh, in my life, and it's very contagious and um, definitely drags you down. So, you know, I definitely have my share of negativity. I'm a fairly cynical person, but I try to, you know, I try to um, just at least have a positive vibe going on so that I can draw that energy. And that's that's probably one of the most challenging things for me in life is to be consistent with that. Um, you know, because I am kind of a little bit cynical by nature, you know, lived in New York most of my life. And that's sort of a, a New York trait. But uh, I, I do think you have to be really careful with what you're putting out there and what you actually believe, you know, because it has to be genuine. Um, you can't fake this kind of stuff. You you have to genuinely want what's best for people. Like even if even if for me, I have somebody that I don't particularly care for. I don't want the worst for them. You know, I want the best for them because that will elevate them to a point where I would care for them. So, you know, that that's the kind of energy that I see is really important that our society generally lacks. I think people are a lot of times covet what other people have instead of focusing on how do I elevate myself to that level? Definitely. And it's definitely about having the right energy around you, the right people. I, I, going back to that book, uh, the reference you made to the, the can't hurt me aspect in terms of the self-talk we give ourselves, and that's going to help what we say is ultimately what we think we're able to do, right? So that voice that comes in is, is you can't do the same with the energy and the kind of the people that you surround yourself with and, and how you motivate, motivate others. The more of that you cultivate, the more you can not only succeed for yourself, but help others succeed. There's an energy in the air when that, that, that happens, right? Yeah. And that, you know, that only comes from experience, you know, just, just getting older. I mean, it took me a long time to learn that lesson. You know, in my twenties, I, I had a lot of people around me that, you know, weren't a positive influence, didn't want the best for me. And, and my life reflected that, you know, and as I grew older, I kind of tightened my circle and made sure that, you know, the people I associate with are, you know, people that I aspire to be around and hopefully vice versa. So, you know, we kind of give and take from each other. Um, and so, you know, it's very important, you know, you, you kind of are who you associate with. Um, you know, at the same time, I'm not closed minded to meeting new people and, you know, finding out about them. And, you know, a lot of times you're, you're really fortunate that you meet people that are like, wow, I wish I knew this person 20 years ago. They're an amazing, you know, addition in my life. And then sometimes you meet people that, you know, they just can't get out of their own way. And you, you kind of have to wade your way through. And, and you know, I kind of have that angel sort of mentality where I'm, I'm always like, OK, but I can help you. But they don't want to help themselves. And so sometimes you just have to be willing to sort of cut that loose and say, hey, you know, th this this person just isn't in a place where they can help themselves. And that doesn't mean they never will be. But at that point in time, you know, they just have to sort of figure it out. So. And that's a great point there because mindset really comes a lot into it. We spoke about the timing already, but there's this whole piece around the mindset that you need in order to be successful, whatever that version is to you. And with so many conflicting and different things that you, I can see that you do lots of different things and clearly lots of different conversations that you have. What are your sort of tips and uh, guidance for anyone listening in terms of how to stay in the right mindset? You know, if something goes really well and then you bounce back to something that doesn't and there's a consist, kind of consistently, consistency needed, isn't there, in terms of... Um, moving forward with stuff. What are some of your routines or, or tips and things around that? Yeah, I, you have to prioritize the things that give you fulfillment, you know, and I would say that for most people, work is 
not the number one thing that gives them fulfillment, but most people prioritize work. So I like to create priorities around the things that give me fulfillment, that make me feel healthy. And those things in turn are the springs that catapult the, the career side of things forward. So for me, my priorities are in this order, family, fitness, work, and creative time. And so all of those things around work um, are, the, are the rubber bands that push work forward because I gain the most fulfillment from, you know, making sure my family is happy and good. And you know how challenging that can be, right? That's a lot yes. of work. Yes, um, sure. You know, fitness for me keeps me feeling good and focused and positive and clear-headed. And then creativity is what, you know, that, that productivity thing that makes me feel happy. That's where you start with a blank canvas and you create something, whether it's art or music or writing or something from nothing, that feeling that you have that power to, to create. Um, you know, for me, that was for a long time my biggest priority. And then just with all these other things, I had to really look at that and say, hey, look, I just, I, ha I don't want to prioritize that right now because I want to prioritize my family and, and my fitness because those are the things that also, you know, catapult work. And what I found is that the less creative time that I have, actually the less fulfilled I am. So I have this constant juggle with the placement of creativity in my priority chain. Um, and not everybody is built this way. Some people don't get fulfillment around these same things, right? So you yeah, have to yeah. find what, what makes you tick and then prioritize those things. Because if I don't, don't prioritize fitness, I will certainly prioritize work over fitness, you know, very easily. That could move into the slot of fitness but then what's going to happen is every day I'm going to say, ah, I couldn't do that workout because um, of work or I was too tired from work to wake up at 5 a.m. and get my workout in. And then that just becomes a very slippery slope because you lose your energy, you lose your focus, you know, at least for me. I mean, everybody's different, but I think there's some general, um, you know, rule of thumb there with the relationship between health and fitness and, and work Definitely. For, yeah, that's for a lot so of people. Smart. Yeah, and it's definitely right. that, and and the and the relationship between each person's value system. So if you don't, if you haven't, you know, not everyone knows in which order their value system or their priority, uh, where they see their priorities. Um, but understanding that can help you see why at times you feel out of sync. You're like, hey, this feels a bit off, or you know, it's 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 literally impossible to have you know perfect life balance all the time. It's going back to what you say. If you're driven, it can go off tilt quite quickly. But it's about reining that in. And I think there's a piece around, yeah, are you doing the right things that fulfill you? And what are your values? Because as I said, yeah, if, they, if you're not in tune with that and you find yourself doing lots of work things because work pays the bills and that's important, that might be a struggle, but then one isn't able to do other things, then that's where you feel slightly out of whack. Because sometimes it can be the case of, well, I need to do that to provide for the family, but then what do the family, you know, what do your family actually need? Do they need some time with you too? So there are all these different dynamics with that. It's, it's a... It's quite, it's quite a juggle, uh, for sure. Yeah, well, there's, there's a big difference between doing something and doing something well, you know, and, and especially with COVID and all the distractions, you know, that people have and just how difficult it is to get even the smallest things done. You know, people in our society are extremely burned out 
you know, their, their nerves are frayed. They're trying to hold everything together. So, you know, to, to be able to get the most out of whatever task you're doing, um, is super important because you're just being pulled in so many directions. Um, and I'm not a, I'm not a very focused person. Generally, I'm a multitasker, you know, I'm doing five things at once. People look at me like you're not paying attention, but I, I have that gift of being able to, you know, to keep a lot of balls in the air. As I get older, I'm getting worse at it. <laughs> you know, it's, I find myself going, Oh, what did you say? You know, because I'm, I'm trying to do more things with little time, but the key there, at least again, for me is, you know, feeling good. If you feel good, you go into those work situations with the right energy and you can, you know, extract the most out of that time you have there. It, you may be at work, but you're not productive. You're not efficient. You're not getting anything done. You know, then you're just at work and that's wasted time. And, you know, time is the one thing you, you certainly can't get back. So every moment to me is really valuable um, and a lot of times I find myself looking back and going, oh, man, you know, I wasted that time. That, that's time I should have put my phone down and been there with my kids, which is probably one of the biggest challenges I have is, you know, family's a priority. But it's like, you know, you're constantly looking at your phone because you're trying to run your business and there's no separation between home and life. And, you know, this this is a big challenge for people. So you, you kind of have to get into this sort of compartmentalized mentality where it's like, okay, I'm at work. I feel great. I'm energized. I'm going to extract the most from this. And then I'm going to stop and I'm going to focus on, you know, the next thing, whether it's your family or working out or, um, you know, creative, creating something, you know, playing guitar or piano or whatever it may be, you know, doing a hobby, building, you know, toy trains. I don't know what, you know, what people like to do, right? So you, you, you have to be able to kind of extract the most from those to feel that feeling of of extreme productivity and it's it's a very difficult thing because you know i don't know how it is where you are but like nowadays you know if you have a problem with your internet you know you may be on the phone for three hours on hold trying to get somebody who cares enough to help you and for me that is like there's nothing more frustrating than that because that's three hours i can't get back yeah, that's the same in most places with internet. I think we're all feeling the pain. <laughs> Definitely. Look, I'd love to explore a little bit more about the whole kind of how you keep on top of what you need to do. I know there's lots of tools and techniques and some people use a diary. It's like, how do you, what, what is your kind of go-to strategy or how do you keep on top of the things you need to do on a day-to-day -day, sort of in, in, in the work environment or, or similar? T tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so I've, I've kind of had this challenge over the years of being the type of person who takes things in as they come in and finish them and get them off my plate. Um, you know, I probably get 600 emails a day that, you know, 400 of them need my, or I shouldn't say need my response, but I feel compelled to respond to them because I'm very engaged in the, in the minutia of the things that I do, which is a whole nother topic. <laughs> but, um, you know, so that's always been my strategy is kind of, you know, take those things as they come in. And then I, I've, I'm always a, like kind of thinking about my goals and, you know, I tend to write my goals down, um, you know, on a, a yearly and quarterly kind of basis. Right. But over the past couple of years, I've had some people that I've worked with that have mentored me to really 
track your goals on a very more consistent and focused basis. Um, so, you know, we, we use, um, EOS and, you know, uh, goal setting, you know, techniques that where we actually write down goals and track them, our progress to them on a, on literally on a weekly basis. So I have a standing meeting with, um, other executives that I work with and we, you know, we track those goals very closely and I found it to be extremely beneficial. Uh, it was never my style. I was much more, uh, like, all right, I'm going to dream about this and this is my goal and then I'm going to grind away at it. But the more you, I'm finding that you stick to that goal, you, you track it and you track your progress to completion, you, you can really, really accelerate uh, your progress towards those goals and, and not lose track of what the focus is. Really, that's the, that's the main thing because it's like, okay, there's a new shiny object. Let's chase after that. No. We have our priorities set. Let's get these done, and then we can chase that shiny object. So, is um, that within I, a particular yeah. interface or something? Is it within a tool, or do you do like a document? Yeah, there's a lot of books around, um, you know, different types of goal setting strategies. I'm not like a big business book kind of guy. That you know, I I've learned I like to learn things, that, you know, through the punishing way, uh, so they stick with me. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you know. I, again, I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate to surround myself with people that are really systematic um, and, um, you know, they, they're willing to sit down and read a book to learn process because I'm not really a process guy. I'm a sales, I'm a sales guy. I'm a creative guy. So I'm kind of always thinking of out of the box ways to push businesses forward, to scale businesses, to help people, to sell things, you know, that's my nature. Um, I need help around process. Um, so, you know, we, we follow, you know, a lot of the processes that, you know, the executives that I work with that are really good, you know, they're, they're accountant mindsets and I'm a sales mindset. So that's, you know, they're very methodical. Um, and so I recognize that I have a gap in that area and I surrounded myself with people that are strong in that area and they recognize they have a gap in what I do and they surround them themselves with people like me. And, that's what makes my business work is that you have these a multitude of different skill sets and people that really want to elevate themselves and listen to each other and work together and say, hey, you know what? That's not my area of expertise. You show me how to do this and then I can follow that. And so that's happened for me over the past really two years in a really, really effective way. And um, I've just learned from other people that, hey, look, you know, there's a lot of benefit to being process oriented and focused around goal setting and um, tracking and achieving those goals. And to me, it's like whatever works for you, you know, these guys just have a system around that, that they've learned that is tried and true, and I'm happy to follow it. Um, but I think everybody needs to learn their own system and implement it. But it's, it's again, it's set goals on a regular basis, stay prioritized and focused on those goals achieve those goals and then a set set new goals and the key to that is really setting metrics around the goals because mm, i think people mm. have this really broad idea of oh yeah you know i want to do this okay well how do you know when you accomplished it and how do you get there and yeah. so when you set those metrics then you can track them and that's what makes it you know practical a bit of a 101 on goal setting there i think the other piece is about the accountability that's created i think what uh, that around having other people working within that space with you, which can be helpful. 
Yeah. I mean, again, that just goes back to surrounding yourselves with the right yourself with the right people that, you know, listen, want to help, are highly motivated, um, are positive minded and, you know, have honed in on whatever their skill set is. I think everybody has a set of gifts, you know, and, and you life takes you down different exploratory paths with your gifts. Um, but once you kind of find what your strengths are, you know, you hone in on those and you, you grow from, from that skill set. You know, nobody is really uh, a jack of all trades, so to speak. I mean, you can have an interest and be good at a lot of things, but you want to be great. You have to find those things that, you know, make you great and then just latch on to them and, and go with them. So, um, you know, I'm always, I'm always kind of gravitating towards people that have skill sets and, and interests that are different than mine because they're, what, what, what better way is there to learn from, you know, things you don't know than to associate with people who are experts in them. Sure, there's that whole piece around continuous learning, continuous learning about others, about ourselves, making mistakes, getting back up, uh, the whole thing about taking us forward. Yeah, as you get older, these things become more important. I, I shouldn't say as you get older, I think as you experience loss, in your life and you realize how precious time really is, you know, that's when you, you start saying, you know, I don't want to waste my time, my precious time. You know, I want to find the way to make the most of this time. And it's, it's, a, it's a tough thing because there's just so many things coming at you. And especially like for me, I, I have many, many interests. You know, I, <laughs> my wife jokes with me because she's like, okay, what's your, you know, what's your passion this week? You know, I have, I just have a lot of interest. I find life fascinating. So it's easy for me to go down the rabbit hole of like, oh, this week, you know, I'm, I want to be an archaeologist, um, <laughs> you know, and, and I enjoy that. I mean, that's what keeps the fire under me, you know, that, that continuous learning uh, that you mentioned. But, you know, you, you have to kind of stay on track, too. So, yeah, I mean, you just, you know, it's, it's great to be around, uh, I, I'm digressing a little bit, but you, you know, sure, it's just sure. great to be around people that, you know, they take a, they have a passion in life. They've, they've experienced loss or hardship and they've developed this quality of perseverance. Mm -hmm. I, I think perseverance is my favorite word. I think everybody in my company is tired of me talking about perseverance, but that's who I look to associate with are the people that got knocked down, got up, came back swinging and realized the value of, of time and the gift of life. Mm, definitely, definitely. And I, I mean, I was, I was going to touch on that point in terms of, you know, some of your worldly wisdom around, you know, staying focused in tough times and developing that perseverance is, you know, is really important, particularly when, because nothing stays, you know, plain sailing, is it? So, Testing times can be really difficult in terms of the motivation and the resilience that we need to keep going, especially in the last year. Even those who've been super, super motivated have definitely been challenged by that. And I think there's yeah, definitely a, a resilience and a perseverance needed needed to do that. What would be your what would be your guidance on staying staying focused when you need to when, when times can be challenging? Yeah, I mean that's where the the fitness piece really comes in for me. That's that's what keeps the consistency of my mentality because I can't tell you how many workouts I start where I'm in a funk and I just don't want to do it. And by the time the endorphins kick in, you know, at mile four or whatever on a run, 
and you, you know, I'm next thing I know, I turn around, I'm on mile 12 or mile 16. You know, I just come back and I'm just like, wow, you know, I went from being tired and in a funk and my day would have been ruined if I just got on the couch to this, you know, point where my, the blood is flowing and I feel good and I feel accomplished. You know, probably that's why I started the Ironman training because it was in the middle of COVID. And, uh, you know, I think like a lot of people, I found myself sitting on the couch kind of feeling bad for myself going, you know, what does this all look like? What does this mean? You know, when you hear, you know, people your age that, you know, are passing away from this and, you know, people can't go to their funerals and, you know, you can go two directions with that. You can either feel bad for what's going on or you can say, you know what, let me get off this couch and take this time and make the most of it and stay positive. And don't get me wrong, you know, me, like everybody, I went through, you know, challenging times with, um, you know, losing people I cared about and, um, you know, just seeing like kind of the worst come out in a lot of people. Um, so, you know, you, during those times and everybody has that, you know, what it, it happens for various reasons. And sometimes it happens for no reason. You just wake up one day, you feel terrible and it doesn't go away for six months or, or for some people for their whole life, you know, for some people it's, it's really a struggle for a lot of different reasons, you know, mental illness and just, you know, difficulties in their lives, cha supreme challenges that, you know, not, not everybody faces, you know. There's a lot, a lot of obstacles. So, um, you know, I don't take for granted that I've had the ability to kind of overcome some of those things because in the grand scheme of the challenges I've had, you know, there's people that have had way more difficult obstacles and challenges that have overcome them, a lot of them, and a lot of, a lot of them haven't. Um, so I try to keep that in perspective that, you know, hey, I live in this, um, you know, great country where you have a lot of opportunity Definitely not everybody has the same opportunity. You know, I, I've been fortunate that I have. Um, and I've also been fortunate that I've had great mentors. You know, I came from a, a family that was together that inspired me to, you know, be a good, decent person and achieve great things. And then along the way, I found people that have taken me under their wing for no, for no reason, just to just to help me become a better person because they saw that I was wanted to listen and take their advice. Um, so, you know, I always try to lean on that and say, hey, you know, I've been very, very fortunate rather than leaning on, hey, you know, I've had tough times. Um, and that that kind of keeps you going. Um, and that that's not an easy thing. I mean, I think. It can, yeah, it can uh, all be relative, can't it? Your example about the your example about the, the running, for example, is a, is, is a great one in terms of huh, I kind of don't feel like doing anything today, but I need to take the action that will make me feel better. So, yeah, you're right, that heavy feeling at the beginning of training and, you know, some of the people that I've, I've trained and, uh, and, and, you know, when I was in the fitness industry and, and trained myself, it's been pretty tough at the beginning. It's been like, oh, I can't get in the zone. It's like, well, just what a great example of pushing through an actual very physical demonstration at the end of that training session of like I, I, you proactively put yourself back in the zone. Yeah, and how many times has that happened with you in business? You know, mm. I, I've had, I can't count the number of times, you know, I've had a meeting that I say, oh my goodness, I, I just don't want to have this meeting. This meeting is going to be terrible. <laughs> and, you know, you show up for the meeting and you put, you know, you put your best energy towards it and it turns out to be a great meeting, right? Of course, that's not always the outcome, but, you know, it's the same kind of idea, right? You, you grind through that 
tough part at the beginning and say, you know, what, I'm going to I'm going to make the most of this. And a lot of times you're just pleasantly surprised with the outcome. Um, and, and, you know, I think deep down, a lot of people, that's what they want. Right. They just don't know how to get over that hump. But, you know, you may go to that meeting and there's somebody else that feels the same exact way in that meeting. And then you realize, hey, you know what? We both feel this way. Let's find a way to make this great. Let's have a great outcome. And that, that's just a great, the greatest feeling for me in anything I do is to kind of start out like apprehensive, you know, have anxiety about it, you know, be thinking about it and then realize, wow, all that was just in my head, right? This is, this is great. This has turned out fantastic. So um, that, that's probably been my biggest struggle in life is I'm, a, I'm always thinking and I, I do have a tendency to err on the side of, you know, what are the worst outcomes? <laughs> and, you know, a, a lot of times I'm just, I'm surprised. Okay, well, that really wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. And that's just part of like, you know, my own personal growth and development. Get out of your own way. Try to envision the best thing, not the worst thing. And, uh, you know, a lot of times you, you do get the best outcome and it, it just starts with showing up. Yeah, you for know? sure. Showing up and taking, doing something about what you need to do. Yep. Um, it would be great to so there's some there's some awesome learning there thank you for sharing it's been really great speaking about all of this I think we it would be great to kind of consolidate some of the top tips and takeaways for those listening that are that help you get things done so that they can uh, apply them sure sure uh, you want me to do that now <laughs> how much time I, do you have Shana <laughs> What would be uh, your, if you could say like a few, what would be the sort of mainstay top tips for, for, that have helped you, you stay focused and get stuff done? Sure. Yeah. Prioritize, you know, set your priorities and set them, set them around what is fulfilling for you. Um, once you know your priorities, set goals, set metrics around those goals and track them and make that a consistent process. Um, develop a routine that, you know, you follow on a daily basis. You know, you may have a day that you kind of take a break from that, but generally speaking, you, that's your routine and start with getting up before everybody else and being productive. Um, and, you know, put, put positive energy out there, you know, look for the best in people, look to inspire people, not just through your words, but through your actions um, and surround yourself with, with those type of people in, in kind. Um, but, you know, give everybody a chance because everybody has, you know, talents and skills and dreams and hopes. And, you know, you, you could be that one person that just lights the fire for that other person through what you say or what you do um, that helps them, you know, take that, that set of talents and, you know, elevate their, their lives. And that, that's just a great feeling. I mean, that's, that's mentorship, that's mentorship. So, you know, I think our society is really lacking that, um, you know, it's, it's a pretty, um, you know, self-centric kind of society. And, and I think a lot of people will latch onto, ah, this is, you know, bad. And, you know, this is a way that you as an individual can give back to society by being your best self and then using that to inspire other people. And I'm not talking about preaching to them or, you know, telling them what to do. I'm just 
saying that you do your best and you surround yourself with people that you know you feel will be inspired by that and then will also inspire you um so that that's kind of it in a nutshell i mean it's not you know it's not that complicated of, of course there's always the the defining thing which is your work ethic you know if you don't have the the desire and and gain the satisfaction from hard work on a daily basis um it's really hard to do any of these things because you have to have that motivation um so that's like that's the fire that's the fuel and the rest is the structure um you know of the fire pit that you know makes makes that fire heat as hot as possible drew such a pleasure to speak to you today some awesome takeaways for the listeners and great speaking about everything thank you you too, Sean. Thanks for the opportunity. I appreciate it. This has been the Cracking On With Purpose podcast, where I speak with high achievers and they reveal their routines and habits to get things done. Subscribe and sign up to listen to more episodes. Visit seanwinfield.com, follow on Twitter at Sean Winfield and Instagram at Sean.Winfield. Thanks and see you next time.